0: Good morning everyone. Welcome to New Life Horizon Ministries. Today we have church. We are welcoming those in church and we are welcoming those who are listening online. Welcome, because this is a day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in Him. Let us give thanks to the Lord. Because he is good. And his mercy endureth forever. Lord we come before you this morning. And we give you thanks. And we give you praise. And we honor you father. Because you are God father. There is no one else like you. There is no one who compares to you. We have no other father who treats us the way you do. You are Abba. The most high God, you are faithful, you're kind, you're just, you're righteous, you're wonderful, you're beautiful. Lord, we bow down to you this morning and we give you thanks for your love, for your mercies towards us every day. Thank you God for faithfulness, for your faithfulness. Lord, yesterday I looked out and I saw the beauty of 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 the scenery of of what yesterday was like in the middle of winter it was so beautiful lord we give you thanks for the beauty that you have given unto us the hills the valleys the seas father god lord the mountains father we look in the sky and it is beautiful it is a beautiful hue of blue Which is reflecting the sea, Lord. But it is still beautiful. And so, Lord, I give you thanks for the, 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 the possibilities that life brings. And, Father God, I give you thanks for the beauty around us. So Lord, this morning we want to set the atmosphere in this place and we want to say, Father God, even now, every single thing that is not of you, we command you to leave this place even now. That every single mountain, every distraction, anything that would cause to take away from our praise this morning, we command it to leave right now in the name of Jesus. We bind power, principalities and powers over this place and we declare this as holy ground even now. Holy, righteous, and just we are before you, Lord. Laying ourselves bare. We come before you and recognize, Father God, if we have sinned against you in word, thoughts, or deeds, we bow down and we ask you for forgiveness, Father God. We ask you for forgiveness even now. And we usher in your presence in this place right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, let your presence be felt, be known, Lord God. Spirit of living God, fall afresh upon this congregation even now in the name of Jesus. Fall afresh on the individuals that are listening even now in the name of Jesus. Father God, even now in the rooms, Father God, Lord, in the dorm rooms, wherever they are, Father God, in their bathrooms, in their living rooms, Father God, come and touch may their lives never be the same after this broadcast lord may their lives never be the same may there be change change immediate change father god lord transformation lord we pray oh god that souls will be saved this day lord that depression will lift that the shortness will lift, that this this discouragement will move. Father God, we pray, God, that marriages will mend. Father God, relationship between the father and the mother will will mend, Father God. Relationship between sisters and brothers, cousins, Father God. We pray, Lord God, that marriages will will be fruitful, will multiply, Father God. This is a blessing of the Lord. And even now, Lord, we give you thanks. And we thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Lord, this morning, as we welcome Sister Tamar to read the word, Isaiah 3. Good morning,
1: everybody. Good morning. Uh, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Isaiah 53. It says, and this is the NLT, it says, Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My, serv- My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet in our weakness he carried, it was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before his shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, and his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and he had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his, yet when his life, it made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life. And the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servants will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. For he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels, he bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. Here ended the reading.
0: So let us come and let us give thanks to the Lord. Let us praise him. Let us glorify his name with all our beings, with all our lips. With everything that's in us, Father God, let us praise the Lord. Let us stand and give thanks to the Lord, because indeed He is good. mercy.
2: For the awesome worship, as indeed we thank you again for the opportunity to come before your presence. Lord, we thank you for life. We thank you that the very voice that we have, we present it back unto you, where we can worship, where we can sing praises unto you. Lord, we thank you for a brand new day. Where we can come together in your presence to give you thanks, to adore you, to say Lord we are so grateful and we are so thankful and indeed we ask that Lord you will always be with us and that you will always watch over us as we go about our daily walk of life as, as we get the opportunity to influence others for your kingdom so that your light will shine through us so that men will be drawn unto you because of your goodness and indeed you have been good to us if we look back on the, the, the year that just passed we can see your goodness we can see your grace and we can always see your provision. Lord you are a God that provides for us and Lord in that we are thankful and we are so thankful to remember to give back unto you so as we go into this time of offering we, we not only offer our praises but we offer our financial income unto God which is the requirement that the Lord has for us and as we go into the scripture this morning. Um, it is taken from Hebrews 11. find Hebrews 11, I think this is verse 6. And it goes like this But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him so we are reminded that first we have to know that god is not only that he is but what he says he is he is a faithful god and because he's faithful we are reminded to also be faithful back unto him so we are getting the opportunity to present back unto God the thing, the items, that He has already blessed us with. He has already blessed us with wisdom, with grace, with health, with all the benefits that comes in God. So, right now, we are going to get the opportunity to give back to God. And for those who are listening online, um, you can um, give to our PayPal account if you choose to. So do not forced to, but if you want to, you're so thankful anyway. The, the email address is newhorizonmin at gmail.com. Thanks, thank you, and we enter the time of offering. Thank you so much.
3: Good morning everyone.
2: Morning, morning.
3: Good morning to those who are also listening to us online. As i started this morning to say declaration that goes beyond what we are feeling. It's a declaration that goes beyond our circumstances and what we can see. It's a declaration that creation is also declaring and making that today is a good day. We were reminded that in a week we had rain, right? We had some days where we never had any sun. It was very cold in Texas. Raining cats and dogs. But today, it is a sunny day. You could actually come out in a t-shirt. You could come out not wearing any coat, nothing. Nothing is needed but just to put on regular clothes and step out. That's what we're giving you thanks for, Lord. We're giving you thanks just because of you. And so this morning, Lord, I just want to bless your name. I thank you, Father. You're indeed a good God. You're indeed a good God. You're a great God. And so this morning, Lord, we run the race. We run the race of faith. Knowing, God, that there is a crown that awaits us. We run the race, God, of faith. Knowing that you are there waiting for us. And you are running beside us as our coach. We run the race of faith. Knowing, God, that we are going to win. And this morning, Lord, I just bless you. Bless you for how you chose us. Bless you, Father, for how you, God, desired us. You chose us. You appointed us. You selected us. You sent us. And even as we come this morning, Lord, we are mindful that we come to praise you. And we also come because we are sent by you. As a father, I just honor you this morning and give you all the thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, the topic of my message is Running the Race of Faith, Part 2. Last week, we looked at what it meant to run the race of faith with endurance. We were mindful that there was, according to Hebrews 12, that there was a surrounded great cloud of witness who were commended for their faith. And even though they did not receive what they had promised, they ran the race with their eyes fixed on Jesus. They suffered like you and I, maybe in ways that we will never suffer, because most of them were martyred. They were persecuted, they were flogged, they were jeered, imprisoned, but they kept steadfast in their faith. They gave up whatever endangered their relationship with God, kept their eyes intently fixed on him, running, running their race with patience, struggling against the sin with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe I said that, I'm reminded of my week. I had a struggling week. Emotionally, I was running a race and I felt the weight, the weight on me. And I was constantly reminded that I was running a race that was designed for me. I had to remind myself every day I was praying of the same prayer. I mean, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the same prayer I was praying. I had to be mindful that the things that were clinging on me, the thoughts that were coming to me, were things that wanted to hold me back. Things that wanted to slow me down and to cause me not to run my race but I was reminded that this race was designed by God for me to win so I do not run with hopelessness even though thoughts were coming I remembered that I was chosen That I was appointed. That I was designed by God. And you had predetermined my race. I was uniquely selected to run this race. And when the things came at me. And the thoughts came at me. I had to remember that no one can run this race. So it made no sense to call and complain. No one can run this race for me. And I don't know what your week was like. Maybe it was a great week. Praise God. But if it wasn't a good week, I can remind you and encourage you this morning that the race we're running was designed with us in mind. Whether I run, as I said last week, if I run in lane 8, and I'm reminded of this guy that broke the world record that ran is racing lane 8, which nobody does normally. I'm, re- I'm, 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 I'm realizing more and more that what, despite the lane that I'm, I've, I'm, I have gotten, I can be successful. Yeah. Therefore, I'm reminded that in order for me to run that race with purpose and to be successful, I have to throw off. I have to get rid of the thoughts. So there there, there came a point last in the week that I had to keep renewing my mind. God, who do you say that I am? What did you say? What are you saying about me? I had to stop to acknowledge who I was. My identity in Christ was so important. I had to know who I was. I had to throw off the thing that, came to bombard my mind that wanted me to feel shameful and condemned I had to run each day like an athlete Paul said he had to beat his body I had to beat my mind I had to beat my body I had to tell myself you are not that you are that I had to be determined I had to commit myself and be driven to achieve that which I know I had to achieve I recognized also that I could not do it unless I kept my eyes on Christ and so I was mindful that even as I prayed that I drew my strength from him not from what I was going through I had to remember that he made a sacrifice for me that I couldn't have made for myself he died to give me access to the Father. I had to share with him my disappointments and my concerns. I had to believe that he said that if he, whatever he'd done to me, it was predetermined. And even though I may want to rebuke the enemy from now to next year, the fact that he has allowed it, it was done for my own good. I had to allow him to be my inspiration. I had to allow him to be my standard. And so this week, Hebrews twelve, three to 13 says, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have not forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes everyone who He accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us And we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Our Father disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good. That we may share in His holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Verse 12 says, Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level path for your feet so that the lame may be disabled, may not be disabled, I'm sorry, but rather be healed. This week in verse 3, I recognize that the the writer is saying to us, Consider him. Who is he asking us to consider? He's asking us to consider the life, to consider Jesus. Or we endure the opposition of sinful men, so that we will not grow weary and lose heart. As we analyze Jesus' response, We recognize that despite the adversity that Jesus faced, he endured hardship and he drew on his father's strength. And this week, this morning, we recognize that the point that the the writer is saying to us is that the believers in Jesus will not grow weary, will not lose heart if we carefully analyze Jesus' life and emulate it. So this morning the word to you is, is if you carefully stop and analyze, if you carefully stop and consider Jesus' life, you will not grow weary. If you carefully look at how Jesus responded to the things that happened to him in life, you will not grow weary. Not only should we analyze or to consider but we are to emulate them. Christians, at that time, when, when the book of Hebrews, the letter was written, it, it was written to Christians who were persecuted. It was, like, it was a dramatic time in the early church where the persons who believed in Jesus were being, crucified, being killed or being persecuted just because they believed that Jesus claimed to be God. Some were martyred, as we know. Some were burnt. At the stakes, some were stoned, flogged, jeered. Different, different adversity they faced. But it was a difficult time. Some I would have expected. Because think about it, they would have been losing heart and growing weary. They become disappointed. Why are we continually believing in a God who died? And we are now being persecuted. That may have been the question of some. And there were some who. Found. Count, counted it worthy. Found themselves worthy. They said we counted joy. Actually some. Offered themselves to be martyred. So that they can be. Considered worthy. By God. Some would have watched their loved ones died. Cannot help. And may allow disappointment and hopelessness to, to creep in. Some may have prayed, Lord save me. And the prayers were not answered that way. They were fearful and losing heart. Because the Roman Empire was persecuting the Christians. You and I sometimes lose heart. As I said to you, this week was my week. I prayed Monday. I didn't feel any different. I prayed Tuesday. I prayed Wednesday. I prayed Thursday. And it's not until Friday that I got a break. But what kept me going was the mindset of who God was. What kept me going was the fact that I... I promised myself that I would not take my eyes off God. What kept me going is that I didn't fully allow my situation to paralyze me. And sometimes we live in the past where we constantly remember the negative things that were done to us. Or remember the life that we once lived. And that in itself can bring discouragement. We compare ourselves sometimes with others. And we look at where we are and we say, I could have been further along my journey. But the longer I'm recognizing that we keep our eyes off Jesus, the more discouraged and discontent we become. The more we allow hopelessness to creep in. Hopelessness shapes our perception and affects our mood. Hopelessness has a way of physically, spiritually, and emotionally bringing you to that place of deterioration where you start to feel weak. Physically you start to feel weak. And your faith in God starts to diminish. Hopelessness causes you to give up. And last week we looked at the fact that a man can go 40 days without food. Up to 3 days without water. 8 minutes without air. But cannot go over a minute without hope. And so we recognize that hope has a way, as I shared before, of affecting, shaping our perception and changing our moods. The writer of Hebrews urges or urged believers in Christ to not lose hope and to grow weary. Actually, he said to them, "Do not give up. Do not give up, because none of you have yet struggled to the point of shedding blood." And that is what I had to remember this week. I, no matter what I was being faced with, no matter what I was going through, I have not yet shed one drop of blood. My life was not taken from me. And he urged his readers to continue to run the race of faith. Carefully thinking. Carefully analyzing and reflecting on Jesus' life with an aim to emulate it. When spat upon, when lied on, when threatened, when called a glutton and a drunkard. When abandoned, when betrayed by one of his own disciples, Jesus could have called angels to destroy the world and set him free, right? We're, 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 the scripture spoke about that. But instead, what he did, he endured the opposition. He endured the cross, he op- endured the opposition of sinful men and chose not to give up. Think about it. Jesus was so powerful. One word. He could have said angel. He could have said Gabriel. And Gabriel alone could have destroyed all of what was happening. He never had to call a legion of angels. One angel. Michael, Gabriel. Any one of those names that we know. And the other that we don't. He could have called. But he chose to endure. And if we look at Jesus' life. We recognize what he did. Instead of calling the angels to set him free, he focused. At different points in his life, even as he, had been, he was threatened, because we saw where they wanted to throw him over a cliff. And the scripture says, he walked through the crowd and no one laid a hand on him. Think about if I had that power, I'd be very boisterous. I'd be, no one. Imagine, I would like, say, test me. Come and test me. But Jesus knew. That it made no sense to, to, to war with mere men. Ooh, with us even thinking or thought. They would have been destroyed. But what Jesus did. The example that he set for us. The standard that he set for us. is That he focused on his father. Doing only what he saw his father did. Or doing. In John 5.19-22. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. But because whatever the father does, the son also does. And recognize that Jesus loved those who opposed him. He loved his enemies. Jesus also focused on the purpose for which he came. So even though he knew that they wanted to say they were doing all these things to him, they were calling him these names. If he drank a little wine, they call him a a wine beaver. If he ate too much, they call him glutton. And so instead of focusing on people, God focused on his purpose. Jesus knew that he came to do the will of his father, according to John 6, 38. He knew that he came to give his life to the fullest, according to John 10. He said, I am the good shepherd and I lay my life down for my sheep. Jesus knew that he came to reveal God the Father to us, according to John 14, 9 to 11. He knew that he came to seek and to save those who were lost. Luke 19 10 tells us Jesus knew that he came to take away the sins of the earth or of the world of you and I and he could not have done that if he he spent time in squabbles he would have been distracted Jesus knew that he came to destroy the work of evil so there was no need for him then when betrayed because he knew that these things must happen. This was a part of his race. Jesus came to reproduce himself through you and I. John 14 12 tells us. And the only way he could have reproduced himself is to die the way he died. To endure the way he endured. Jesus demonstrated through his life to us that suffering hardship and adversities are all part of the training and discipline needed to run the race of faith. And none of us want that. In Luke 2.52 we recognize that Jesus grew in wisdom and maturity through his suffering. And and his scripture said he gained favor with God and man. Imagine Jesus growing in strength and wisdom. You'd have thought that Jesus coming you would have had Everything but he came as a man. when we carefully analyze and follow Jesus's life, the believer in Jesus will not grow weary and lose heart, but will, according to James one two to four consider it pure joy when we face trials of many kinds. James says The testing of our faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that you and I may be mature and complete not lacking anything. And this leads me to my second point in verses 6, 7, and 10. The the writer of Hebrews says, believers in Jesus are disciplined because it is a sign of God's deep love for them. Can you believe that? The Lord disciplines those he loves, according to verse 6. He disciplines those who are his sons, according to verse 7. And he disciplines us for our good according to verse 10. Discipline, according to Miriam Webster Dictionary, is the training necessary to correct, to mold, or to perfect the mental faculty or moral character of of an individual. We are therefore encouraged by the writer to not make light of the Lord's discipline and not to lose heart when he rebukes because the Lord disciplines those he loves and punishes everyone he accepts as a son suffering and hardship therefore are God's method of correcting and molding and training us in righteousness to be called the sons of God is not gender specific so when the scripture says we are sons of God it's not because he's saying that we are all men or we are all male it has nothing to do with the gender It speaks of our identity, who we are. According to Romans 8, 14-17, sons of God are children of God. Sons of God are heirs of God. Sons of God are coheres with Christ of God. We are daughters and sons who submit to the moving and the leading of the Holy Spirit to enjoy the freedom, the joy, hope, and love that comes from fellowship with the Father. I remember that as a child that my mom would go to the hairdresser on a Saturday and she would or my, my my one little chore was to clean what then we call the veranda some may call it the patio and I remember I would play I loved to play I loved playing more than I loved chores and I would play 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 and when I saw her coming up I started to cry because I realized I didn't I didn't start cleaning And she would come up and she would say, why are you crying? But I know I'm crying. Because I can't start. No, it's too late. (laughs) And I know what I'm going to get. And she would say to me, go and get the belt. Because the belt was kept one spot. And we went, got it, came, took your beating, or your spanking and you went and you put it back. And I remember every time, it's like I never learned. I did it so often that I wondered and when I look back, I wondered why did I not, did not understand that clean first and play after. And as I look back at my own children, I recognize I spanked them also, not because I hated them. I spanked them because I loved them and there were things that they did that I wanted them to, to not do or to understand the consequences of an action. And as I look back over my life, I recognize that the thing that I learned to do now or the thing that I do now or do well now is all because someone, my mother, my grandmother, someone or a teacher took the time to mold me, to correct me, to discipline me. I remember my daughter when she was in high school sharing with me she thought I was a bad parent. She thought I was a very bad mother. She said, Mommy, all my friends have good mothers. They allow them to go out. They allow them to do um, sleepover. They are not as, as, as protective and, and uh, the way you are. And I lived to hear my daughter say to me one day, she said, Mommy, you know, a lot of my friends who had all of that freedom initially, most of them turned out to nothing. And I realized, for our good, God will discipline us. For our good, I had to go through what I went through this week. Because I learned this week. That even if my situation did not change. God had the ability to carry me through. I learned that although I, it was unpleasant. I felt like I was in turmoil some of the days. Because the more I pray. The more I'm feeling nothing is breaking. I realize that although discipline is painful and unpleasant, it produces a long-time gain for the short-time pain. So there's an exchange that happens. Long-term gain for short-term pain. I would never discipline my neighbor's children or anybody's children the way I would have disciplined mine because they are mine they are not illegitimate children they are mine and I discipline them because I love them I have seen my daughter last year when I went to Jamaica and visited her and I observed the things she did and I'm realizing it was like a little me the very thing that I disciplined her to do then I realized she, she caught on and was doing some things there she's unique in her personality but there were some things i'm recognizing that she was doing and i said wow i watch her getting up early in the morning and, and going to the market i watch her rising and going and sitting down and said mommy i'm gonna do my one hour of gratitude and she sits and she, she writes and she gives God thanks for everything. She gives thanks for the son. for the different things, or whatever she wanted to give thanks for. And you, and you watch them. And I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of God just looking at us and, and looking at us being Christ-like. As we endure, as we, we go through the situations the struggles, the unpleasant things that happen in our lives. And God watches us and he says, look at my daughter. Look at my son. Look at the Christ-likeness in them. Look at the character of my son coming through them. God disciplines us, my sisters and my brother, because he loves us and he cares deeply for us. He disciplines us because he's saying, do no, no longer depend on yourself, depend on me. I, 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 I got you. He disciplines us because he affirms ownership. He said, you were bought with a price. You are no mine. You are not, a, you, you are not an, an, illeg, an illegitimate child. You are, no, you are not somebody else's child. You are mine. God disciplines us and, and his discipline teaches endurance. Those who endure hardship are trained by it. And we will reap a harvest of righteousness and peace. God disciplines us for our good. It is necessary for our spiritual growth and maturity. I heard a young man say this week that everything he prayed about, prays for in within two days. God responds and I smile. I said to myself, You were just saved. But I didn't want to discourage him, I didn't say anything because I know it's just like a child I remember when my children were babies and you just take them home from the hospital and, and they say, ah, you run to see what it was and as they got older, ah, you don't even look you expect them to deal with what it was they fall and you stay from a distance and you look to see if they're getting up to ensure that nothing is broken but you're not as quick to run to them as you would and and, and another thing about it I remembered my daughter in going to New York and my natural side as a mother was to even though I'm in Texas is to find a way to arrange for her to be picked up at the hospital at the airport and my mother and I said let us see what is gonna happen and we both watched her we never made any arrangement because she's now older and that girl took came out of JFK took the train all the way to the Bronx, drawing her carrying on and drawing her check on luggage. And then we both said, my mother and I said, it's not because we're evil, we're saying, yes, this girl can navigate her way through life, she can live, she's ready, she's an adult. And her demonstration of what she did revealed to my mother and myself that, yes, Ashley, not the baby that we thought. We don't have to worry for her as much as we used to. God disciplines us for our good because it is necessary for our spiritual growth and maturity. Only then will you and I be able to achieve the next step instructed by the, by the writer. In verses 12 and 13 the writer says Strengthen feeble arms and weak knees. Make level path for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled but rather healed. To strengthen means to restore. To strengthen means to erect. To strengthen means to encourage. We can respond to God's discipline. In many ways, we can despise it, we can even despise the persons through which he uses to discipline us, because many of us despise the people that he uses, or we can grow weary and give up. But the writer instructs us that the best response to discipline is to strengthen yourself. He said, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. He said, restore yourself, make yourself stronger. And what I noticed is that he did not say, strengthen your feeble arms. He said, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. They were speaking to the joints. He was speaking to different areas in our, in our, in our lives that needed to be encouraged. He was saying every area of your body that is paralyzed by fear and worry. Every area of your life that is discouraged by affliction. Every area of your life that is discouraged because of the lack that you have or because of the conflicts that you face. Every area of your life, he's saying, strengthen. And we are strengthened when we encourage ourselves with songs, songs, or even stories of others who overcame. We strengthen ourselves and we remind ourselves of God's faithfulness in the past. I had to do that this week. We have to look back at our experiences of how he came through for us. Even when we, we thought that it was not gonna be possible, and we saw him coming through, we strengthen ourselves by remembering reminding ourselves that God did it before and he has the power and the ability to do it again. And even if he does not, like the Hebrew boys, they're going to still trust him. We strengthen ourselves by drawing upon the strength of Jesus, focusing on him rather than on our situation. Trusting and depending on him for our help and our growth. We are strengthened when we think about and envision what God has in store for us according to his promises in scripture. We are strengthened when we do not concentrate on our weaknesses. Concentrate on our situations, our lack our loneliness. And I had to learn that this week. To be here this morning. We're strengthened. When we encourage others. Have you ever thought of a time when. You were going through a discouragement. But for some stranger there's there. Someone who came by your pathway. And just by saying something to them. Encouraging them. You felt encouraged. That is one of the ways. That we can strengthen ourselves. After strengthening ourselves, in verse 13, the writer says to us, make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather be healed. So I recognize this more that we strengthen ourselves not only for us, but we strengthen ourselves for others who need to be strengthened. Those who need to hear who God is. Those who need to hear what God can do. Those who need to hear what God has done. They are in need of examples. They are in need. There are persons out there this morning and that you'll come across this week that are in need of hearing your story. Your story. How did you survive what you went through? A lady called me this week and she was sharing with me That she was invited to speak at a place. She was invited to speak at a conference. And she said she went with the stories she wanted to share. But unknowing to her, her mouth kept going and she spoke things she didn't want to speak. That she kept a secret. Only to realize that was what God wanted the people to hear. Not the other stories, the beautiful stories that she had. And she said she was surprised at the amount of persons who got delivered because of what they shared. Because of what she shared, her secret that came out that she didn't plan to share. When you and I understand the truth of who God is, what he does, and the reason for what he does, we will exert the effort to run the race of faith. Knowing that there is an eternal reward for those who finish the race. So how do we make level paths for others? We make love path by not focusing on my problem, but concentrating on yours. Offering encouraging words to others. Counseling and praying. Helping especially when I have the ability and means to, and even when I don't, trying to see how best to get you the help that you need. And that is somewhere, something that I need to work on imagine if I focus on you and you focus on me what love and unity John 13:35 said they will know that you are disciples if you love one another and the songwriter said they will know that we are Christians by our love We will work with each other. The songwriter said. We will work side by side. We will work with each other. We will work side by side. And we will guard each man's dignity. And save each man's pride. And they'll know that we are Christians by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. And that is something I'm encouraging myself to do. Not there But saying to the Lord, Lord, I want to push beyond where I am. I want to push beyond where I am, what I'm going through. I want to live at that place to be able to make level path. But first I have to learn to strengthen me. In what way are you strengthening yourselves and making it easier for others to believe? Follow Christ or be encouraged? Or would those around you be confused, hopeless, and experience negativity because of how you speak and live? As believers in Christ, I'm going to say something to you this morning that may not seem encouraging, but expect agony expect conflict expect expect hardship expect afflictions even from the people that you least expect it but even as you live day by day realize that even though it is hard this is God's way Of treating you as a son. This is God's way of demonstrating his love for you. This is God's way of saying to you, I have to do this for your good. God wants us to finish the race of faith successfully. A race that you must finish, a race that you must run to receive the crown that outweighs all the pain. All the hardships, conflicts, and disappointments you have ever faced and will face. Therefore, encourage yourselves. Say to yourself this morning, do not give up. Say to yourself this morning, even though it is unpleasant and it is difficult what I'm going through. And you may not be going through anything now perfect. But I can guarantee you by next year this time. You'll have a story. Turn to your neighbor this morning and say, do not give up. up. Let us encourage each other to not concentrate on our problems, but to exert the energy to help to strengthen other Christians in their problems. Even though we ourselves are being challenged. So from Hebrews 12, I recognize that the instructions commands the imperatives of the writer who are geared towards people running a race with the aim of finishing well. He said, throw off. Throw off the pride. Throw off the anger Throw off the the disappointment that keeps you back. And if nothing is wrong with being disappointed. But it's not to hold you back. Throw off anything that holds you back by renewing your mind with the word. By remembering who you are in Christ. By remembering who your God is. By remembering what he has done, he overcame, he endured. Running the race of faith is running a race that you were born to win. So therefore, run with endurance. Run like an athlete determined and committed to win despite the obstacles, hurdles, and conflict in your life despite the financial woes the relational woes run intentionally fixing your eyes on Jesus not on yourself not on your circumstances or not on others run analyzing Jesus' life Jesus did it he overcame. He endured the opposition of sinful men because he knew his purpose. So run emulating Jesus. You have a purpose. Run depending on the Holy Spirit to move you and to lead you to fulfill your purpose. The scripture says Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And even as he was tempted he overcame because we saw right after coming out of the wilderness Jesus ministry Jesus ministry began and he wasn't afraid of the enemy he could say to him Satan the Lord rebuke you there was no contest he just spoke he just rebuked him so there was no need for him to be in in the ring and punching, you know, there wasn't the a punching match. He knew who he was. And this morning, as we run the race, God is not gonna stop until we know who we are. He's not gonna stop until we know whose we are. You and I are son of God, we're the here of God, we're co here with Christ. And the one whom we serve is the mighty El Gabor. The omniscient one. The omnipresent one. The omnipotent one. Who is in control. Know this morning that you are loved by a God who has no lack. His His love for us has no condition. He wants the best for you and I. And he will discipline you and I. To achieve the best. So this morning, strengthen yourself. Strengthen yourself because agony is gonna come. Strengthen yourself because you are gonna face hardship and conflict. Strengthen yourself, you're gonna be afflicted. But we strengthen ourselves not only for us, we strengthen ourselves also for others. So that they may be healed. As of this morning I'm not sure where we are. If you have never experienced that relationship with God. Where in the middle of your conflict you have him to depend on. This morning is a morning God is saying to you. Christ died for you. He died so that you have peace and access to God the Father. Where you once never had it. And he's saying to you this morning, whether you are mine or you're not mine, you're, gonna, you're going to have hardship. So why not choose to, have it, to go through your hardship with him? Why not choose to allow him to lead you and to order your steps and to guide you into that channel and to navigate your way with you through your lane? He's saying to you, if you have never done that before, now is the time. And it's not difficult. All you say, Father, I have never asked you before to be my Lord. I have never asked you before to be my Savior. I have never asked you before to be my guide and my leader. And this morning I'm saying to you, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for all that I have done all the things that I have done that are morally wrong and that are sinful before you. Forgive me for even not, not looking towards you, even though I heard about you and even though I never heard about you before today. Come into my life and be my Lord and my King. And if you knew Jesus as your Lord, And because of the race, the discipline, the thing that you went through, the hardship, you walked away. Jesus is saying to you this morning, I never cast away my people, so come back. I never moved. You moved. And I'm waiting. God is waiting this morning for you with outstretched arms. He wants his son, like the prodigal boy, to return. He sits and he waits daily, waiting for you to turn to him. Waiting for you to even whisper or to share your sorrows or your joys with him. He wants to help you again. He wants you to trust him because you're running a race that you cannot run alone. And if you're a believer who continues to run this race, knowing that you're depending on God, I can encourage you. What you are going through is God treating you as sons. What you are going through is God saying to you, I am maturing you. I am doing this for your good. So do not be discouraged. What you are experiencing now, God is saying to you, Victory lies ahead. So do not give up. A better day is coming. Take courage. Fear not. What you are going through. God is saying. I have trusted you. With that. Because I know. You have the ability. To overcome. And God is saying to us this morning. When you face troubles. When you face trials. Consider it pure joy, because I am in the midst, I am working things for your good, and, and though it is unpleasant and difficult, I know the plan that I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God said when we call on him, he will answer, because he hears. And just by being his, he hears you. There's a guarantee that he hears you. He said, before you call, I answer. Because he knows. He knows the journey. He knows your race. He didn't wake up this morning and said, oh, wow. What is that she's going through? He didn't wake up this morning and say, oh, wow. Why did so-and-so did that to her? He didn't. He didn't. He knew in advance long before that this was the challenge that we were going to face in our race of life. And he said, I have things in place. I have things in place to address that which you're going through. But you have to focus on me. You have to keep your eyes on me. You must resign yourself to only look at Jesus and not at your circumstances. Because if we look at our circumstances, we will live in discouragement. He said, "Look at me. Your race is not your neighbor's race. Your neighbor's race is not your race." And I remember a friend of mine, she died and she had lupus and at the time I was going through separation and she said to me she said I would never want to go through what you're going through and I said to her I would never want to go through what you're going through she felt like being sick in her body was something she could have managed because she had a loving husband I felt like not being sick in my body was best for me. Yeah? So no two race. So if I wanted to look at her relationship with her husband and overlook what she was going through, because sometimes that's what we do. We only look at the successes in other people's lives. Not looking at their race, their obstacles that they're and sometimes we're not even privy to seeing what they're going through. But for every human being on earth, there are challenges. They may not share it. So let us not give up this morning. Let us not grow weary. Let us not lose heart, but let us run the race of faith with the, the, the determination, the drive, and the commitment as an athlete to finish well. Because what lies ahead? is a crown of glory. A long-term gain for the short-term pain. And so this morning, Father, I want to thank you for your word to us. I thank you, Father, this morning that, Lord, I do not stand here and speak as one who has not been afflicted, but, Lord, I have been afflicted even as, as, as... This week as close as this week but I come Father God to you and I speak about the God that I know who brought me through I speak about the God who though I did not know when and how it would break I stand here this morning knowing that even if my situation does not change you are still God because you are in control I stand here and testify this morning that you are a faithful God. And that because you love me, you will not leave me in the stupor, in the mess that I am. Because you desire more for me. You desire to to mold me. You desire, Father God, to form me. You desire to see yourself in me. As of this morning, God, I stand and I say, God, here I am. When I am weak. Remind me to strengthen myself by keeping my eyes on you. Remind me that my strengthening myself is not about me alone, but it's for others. The call that I will get this week is someone calling, needing to be encouraged. And Father, you said in your word that you were afflicted, yet without sin. May we, God, be at that. That despite what we face, despite what we go through, we will not sin. So Lord, help us to run that race. Throwing off the weight. Throwing off the financial woe. Throwing off the relational woe. Throwing off the fears. Throwing off the pride. Throwing off the conflicts. Throwing off everything that holds us back. Running the race with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on you and you alone. Allowing you, Father God, to lead us into the past. Allowing you to guide us into those lanes. And so, Father, I bless your name this morning. And we give you thanks. In Jesus' name. If you are listening to us and you want to us to be praying with you, we, our telephone number is 469 or you can email us at newhorizonmin at gmail.com. And if you want to join us, we meet at the River Chase Clubhouse, 600 South MacArthur Boulevard, Coppell, Texas. 75019 that's the zip code and so as you go this week we meet at 10am as you go this week remember whatever you face this week you're in a race run with endurance run the race of faith knowing that you were born to win you are born to win so may you continue to trust in the Lord may you continue to run the race until you see his face may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and grant you his peace, his joy and his love go today with the blessings of the Lord.
4: us to take just maybe 30 seconds and we're gonna we're gonna sing this song we're gonna raise it as an offering to the lord but i want us to take about maybe just 30 seconds if you will brother i just want you to minister on that on that guitar i want you to raise your hands in his presence and let's just worship god all over this room come on everybody let's worship god all over this room Upon the string instruments, is that Samar praise? Glory to God. The Bible says that Saul called for David to offer a Samar praise. When he was troubled with the spirit, there are some of you who are troubled in your spirit, but as we worship God in this fashion, God is going to set you free in your spirit.